What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for things that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, or otherwise are unoriginal. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And today we have two very special guests, one being Harley Salbaca and the other being Angela Henderson from the Fake Nerd Girl podcast. How are you guys doing? Good. We're good. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for coming on. I know it's a both an easy and hard time to guest on podcasts because everybody has a lot of time, but it's also kind of new stuff to figure out, to do it yeah. digitally. Um, this is the week of May 3rd, 2020, which means we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, which means we are going over Skype and the internet. So audience, if you experience any audio glitches, we apologize, but that is the world we are in. And also this week, we apologize because the movie Black Widow did not come out as it was scheduled to. <laughs> and it's which is going yeah. <laughs> and I called Walt Disney Studios and I said, listen, Walt, you can't release the movie this week. No one's going to go. They, they're worried about getting sick. And that person at the Disney store said, Walt Disney's been dead for years, but I demanded answers. Yeah. We sent a strongly worded letter. And they were like, yeah, you know what? You're right. People, yeah. And then they panned it until like later this year. So. Yeah. I mean, Walt Disney for sure froze his head, though, right? So. Oh, it's I under mean, that castle in Disneyland. It's 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 under there. Yeah. I mean, I worked at Disneyland, so I mean, I'm not gonna say secrets, but that's a secret. It's it's accurate. I assume that right now, since nobody's working at the park, that it has unthawed, and there's now just a head rolling around a basement <laughs> at Disneyland. They have it in a cryogenic chamber, so it won't unfreeze. The power is still on. Like goodness, use your logic. Um, all right. I guess I was never there. I don't know the freezing properties. <laughs> all of my freezing is from Austin Powers and Star Wars, so I don't know how we do it in the real world. Somewhere <laughs> between those two, though. Uh, but before we talk about Black Widow, I do want to touch a little bit of news uh, that Trolls 2, one of the first big Universal movies to go straight to video on demand, has made so much money more in its three weeks digitally than the first one did in its domestic theatrical run. That AMC has started throwing out like rap battle threats about not <laughs> having universal movies at their theaters. Uh, I just want to go kind of around the table and do you guys think this is a wise move? Do you care about video on demand versus in theater? Terrence, I'll start with you. Ah, um, I... <laughs> I think it's a wise idea on AMC's part. It's a weird timing though, because they're not currently open and like we're recently claiming bankrupt, close to bankruptcy. So the timing's a little odd on their half. Um, but I do think AMC is making the right call because there's a weird thing that A, Universal didn't actually have a conversation with the theater chains before they made this decision. They were just kind of just like, oh, we're just gonna do this from now on instead of actually like, yo, Theaters, we make our money off of those first 90 days of a new release. You can't just jump the gun and kind of ignore this little protocol that we've had without having a conversation. And, I mean, truth be told, it's making this much money because everyone's forced to be at home. Like, this is an outlier. You can't use this as a the way it's always going to be. So uh, 
it's a weird thing to like draw your line in the sand now, but I think AMC is doing the right thing. I don't agree with Universal. I'm on the AMC side of this, but I do know that there's a lot of people who don't who don't agree with AMC. So, Harley, do you have a an opinion on us? I mean, this must be the reason why, like two weeks ago, I could have watched Emma if I purchased it, but now I can't. Which now makes me sad because I wanted to see the movie very badly. Um, it's just, it's hard to navigate the times that we're in right now. Like this is such a weird thing that hasn't happened in, since 1912 was the last time we had a pandemic like this. Before really movie theaters were a thing, so <laughs> it's hard to navigate this. But like I I get why AMC's pissed because they're like, oh, now we're not going to make that money because they didn't push the release of that film. Because almost every like movie has been pushed so that it can make money in theaters. Is there any other one besides this one that actually was on demand first? There was they, like Invisible Man. They had a, yeah, The Hunt. The Hunt. Invisible Man and Emma. Oh, well, Emma got released too, but Emma also was available. On and, all, and, then, but all and then Birds of Prey came out earlier than it was supposed early. to. Yeah. I was going to say, all of those were in theaters, though, before theaters Correct. were shut down. Trolls is the only it's, one that was never in theaters and was only released. Correct. Okay, so, like, obviously they've tested it out. Universal clearly just wanted to get a chunk of change because it sounds oh, like yeah. everyone else has basically pushed it so that the industry doesn't fail correct yeah so they so they made a selfish move like and it's weird during this quarantine it's weird too because they knew what they were doing because as i was taking walks while the zombie apocalypse was starting they had already changed the posters to say theatrically and vod released on at the same time so they knew what they were doing oh i have a little bit of a contrary opinion just because I never thought about, I would usually be like agreeing with you guys 100% being like, okay, they need to go back to just theatrical releases, like when this is all over, because the movie theaters. Um, However, um, Harley knows this, I'll tell you guys, like at the beginning of, at like the very beginning of everything getting shut down, my husband was like in a really bad car accident, was in the, and he's been in a wheelchair. Um, And I was just like thinking about how and it's made me like rethink a lot about what's accessible to people who like can't get around as much. And I was just thinking like how great it was that like there have been VOD options. Um, so like, I think like, and I know that's like a small percentage, but I am like, I am like, I know that's like, there are theaters that are wheelchair accessible, but for some people it's just harder to get around. So it is nice. I'm like thinking there might be like some kind of uh hybrid where it can be released for VOD but it is like at a, a much higher uh, it's at a higher price point where it is yeah. and like maybe there's a cut that does go to a movie theater there's some kind of compromise there yeah I feel like that's actually a great idea because I that's one thing that like, like I think this is showing us is that what happens to when you can't leave but then there's people who are coming out being like this has been my life for whatever yeah. health or disability like, reasons I haven't been able to really leave my house yeah so what are their options? I don't I think I think Angel's right. A, a hybrid would be actually really because I don't think thing. I mean Blake, myself, and Harley are all active moviegoers. We go yeah. pretty 
pretty freaking so regular. Like, we are outliers to what everyone no, else my husband and I are like, like three right, or AMC. five times a year. No, like me and my husband are like AMC stubs. Yeah. La, 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 la. But, but there are like, people like you're, yeah. you You brought up, unfortunately, an injury is what caused yours. But there are a lot of people who people, they have yeah. families or they have lives. It's like, I yeah. just can't go to the theater yeah. that often. I'd rather have it on my screen. So I think there are people who I get why the other side means so much mm-hmm. to them. Blake, so maybe with uh, maybe with like an AMC Stubbs packer, there maybe you can pay an extra ten or fifteen on top of whatever the twenty dollars a month for like their premiere pass to be able to stream one movie a month at home or something like that. There's some like hybrid for Pete. I don't know. I feel like there's like an opportunity here to like merge that so like that we can still enjoy. Uh, I don't know. Also, I, I feel like. Even not even like once, not even a higher price. Because when I think about it this way too, I'm thinking about people who can't go to the movie theater consistently, and a lot of that is going to be parents, right? And what about parents who can't afford a babysitter, mm-hmm. or can't afford to like do all everything that it takes to go out to the movies? Like if they have AMC stubs, if it like streaming like once a month, that way at least once a month they can see a movie and not have to go anywhere because like a lot of people can't afford some of the luxuries too yeah I feel like this is showing like it's kind of like opened a door on like how because I think a lot of people are missing the experience of going to movie theater I think like I really am right now and I'm like I don't want that to be taken away that experience because it is so magical like I'm an actor I love movies Um, but at the same time I think it's showing like the importance of like accessibility for like more people and like I think like through the pandemic we've seen a lot of like you know just a lot like I mean we see like people quarantining in their mansions and we see people like on Zoom calls <laughs> quarantining like not in their mansions yeah. so it's shown like a lot of the inequality singing a and, like, song I know right <laughs> like singing Alexa play uh, Imagine by Gal Gadot or something <laughs> you know what I mean? like there's uh yeah, I think there's like some kind of hybrid solution. And I think that AMC and Universal or whoever the movie studios could come up with where, I don't know. Yeah, I think a, a yeah. day and date kind of solution is good because if you even look at, and it's not an Apple to Apple situation, but yeah. that's kind of how video games do it now where I can either go into a GameStop and buy the Final Fantasy VII remake or I can press two buttons on my PlayStation and have it. Yeah. And the the digitization of distribution has kind of happened to music, games, comics, regular books, novels, etc. It's sort of time that movies have it, because I think you all are right. The accessibility of people who can't get to the theaters, having that option is there. But quite honestly, there's plenty of movies that I want to see that I don't know that I would need to go to a theater and do. And yeah. if I can hit a few buttons and just like stay home, home or if I'm sick or whatever like that's nice but I do love going to the theaters I think really what is unfortunate is that AMC made this giant blanket decision and even Universal kind of made a giant blanket business decision at a time when if you're the only game in town I don't think it's smart to go making choices off that if tomorrow we were the only podcast people could listen to and Terrence and I were like well, clearly we should charge people a hundred dollars to listen. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, because it's it is a, a unique and challenging time. So if you have a movie out, everyone's gonna download it. 
families need something to do. And on the reverse side of that, for AMC to just go, this is how it is now, before we're back, when you, you look at kind of people's habits, it takes like 10 weeks to a year to form a habit. So we're going to have trained new consumer habits by the time we're back to normal. Why would you make an active decision to not be able to train people to come back to your theater? Why would you as a theater go, well, if I'm you're just going to play them at home, why would I even let you in? That's, I don't know. That would be like if I really wanted to hang out with Harley on her birthday and she was like, well, you're not invited to my party. So I just decided to never talk to her again. And then was like, this will get her to be my friend. This <laughs> yeah. is how I do it. <laughs> and it's almost like it doesn't make sense. And it's like they're almost like they are preemptively kind of being like, well, we're going to shut down theaters and lay off workers. <laughs> like, I don't it's, know. It's, it's a weird thing, too, because it's easy to say that now to make this blanket statement now when there are no movies coming out. But next year, when Universal has Fast and the Furious and a Jurassic World yeah. and a, a Minions coming out, are you still holding that forward? Because those are three billion, billion dollar franchises right. each. Yeah. Um, which is why I think Regal, Regal's answer, while they kind of backed up AMC, they were like, we're going to use this. On the, if they have this movie doing the model where they release it to VOD, we're not showing that movie. They didn't say all Universal films. They're kind of just like, yeah. the ones that choose to release on VOD, we're not going to we're not going to show those here. I think that's a smarter play than saying, nope, yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think like some, I feel like there's some of those, especially like the kids movies and especially kind of more like, I really liked that I could watch like Invisible Man at home. I'm like, I don't really need to, like that was, it was such a good kind of more of like an indie feel and I could watch it at home and that was nice. Or like Emma, but like maybe for some of the bigger ones, like the bigger action ones, which I don't even personally see, but I understand why you would need to see them in the theater. In the theater. Yeah, like you want to see those in the theater. Like Emma was the last movie that I saw in the theater before everything shut down and that theater was empty. But when I really think about it, I could have watched that one at home and been perfectly fine. Like I didn't need to be in the theater to see that. And that would have been a cool option to have. I'd pay five extra dollars to watch that at the house as opposed to like seeing that in a theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that brings us, I think, to the Black Widow of it all. Because here we now have the start of the summer without a movie. And I think everybody here and probably most of our listeners, everybody listening right now, which is literally anyone listening to it, <laughs> likes to start off the summer that way. It kicked off school ending. It kicked off warm weather, which if you are from the Midwest is a very big deal. <laughs> air conditioning options. And not only that, this is, and I might actually have the date wrong because I didn't actually double check the ones before this, but since 2006, this is our first summer without a superhero movie to open the summer. Are we going some... with Marvel or just any superhero film? Superheroes in general, which might even go back to X-Men, but I don't yeah. know if Spider-Man held that firmly. Um, but I do know that 06 was the last stand, and then from there on, this is how we started the summer. This was going to be our return to the MCU after Endgame, the start of something new. This was a movie that I think everybody had demanded Marvel make since Iron Man 2. It's disappointing. Yeah. Are you guys sad that you're not seeing it now? Do you miss it? I'll tell you right now, I would love to just be gushing about this movie. Yeah. One of my friends actually is working on this movie and she it's I mean it's done and she's like yeah I'm really bummed you can't see it because I can't talk to you about it she's like so you're <laughs> gonna love it and I'm like why would you tell me that why would you tell me that I'm love this movie that I can't see now 
Uh, also, I'm pretty sure that Spider-Man came out after Endgame. So this is the first movie oh, since yeah. the second Spider-Man. Yeah. But That's it's right. true. Like, I remember when she first appeared in Iron Man 2 and I was, oh, shit. She's here. She's here. We're going to have Black Widow. This is dope. And then, literally, she just never... I, I don't understand how we made an Ant-Man movie before we made a solo Black Widow movie. How is that possible in the comic book universe? Yeah, I I agree with that. I also don't quite <laughs> understand how we got a character... We got a character that's as otherworldly as Captain Marvel put on the board before Black Widow, who's been there the entire time. And I was like, well, guys, Scarlett Johansson is a star. Like, she sells overseas. Why yeah. aren't you making this film? I, it didn't make also, any sense at all to me. She's made plenty of action movies where she was You're like, she plays every race. She plays every gender. She's multifaceted. Right. So, like, yeah. you know, give her a movie. She's... she's been an action star already at this point like a few times and we still haven't given her a solo movie it literally i could not believe that um because dc bless them i love dc but like they've cinematically movie wise they've been behind on the times for like a while at this point and have been putting out a lot of not great movies um but they put out a wonder woman movie before mcu put out a black widow movie when black widow had been in the mc at that point since what 2006 yeah. that's kind of really ridiculous ah, disney who makes all their money on princess shit to not <laughs> go, oh maybe little girls are gonna want this badass chick too like how because literally one of the reasons that i think that elsa is so popular from frozen is because she's a superhero she's basically emma frost she is an emma frost yeah She's Emma Frost, so I'm like, why would you not, if you literally just made, like, a PG Black Widow movie first, you could sell that to all those little girls, man, and they could wear those Black Widow costumes and want to be badasses. But they decided to make Ant-Man before you made a Black Widow movie. I don't know. Well, Even Ant-Man 2 before you make Black Widow. All of them. Ten years of movies before At we least did. that one put a, a female uh, lead next to him. But, I know, Harley, you brought up kind of a good point, that Disney is making all of this money from the princesses. They had the girls marketed and cornered. And that was unfortunately part of the history of the Black Widow movie is covered in old Hollywood, the fringes of what was. And you had Ike Perlmutter for a long time saying, well, we bought Marvel for the boys and the superheroes. We're not going to do things like Captain Marvel and Black Widow. And it wasn't until we got him out of the way that we were able to, you know make billion dollar franchises yeah Sorry, no, he Sam, was the problem same with black, i mean black panther would be in that same category he's like we don't need yeah. to focus on them either and yeah, yeah. Really, you know one day ryan murphy will make a sequel to hollywood that'll be about the marvel movies getting black widow made sooner and so much we'll earlier right that fortunate history well like the whole <laughs> i always think about like the character of black widow and like her whole like how so she was like made in the 60s by Stanley, I believe. Yeah. She just had her she just had her anniversary in 1964 in April, so she's officially right. 56 years old now. So she was created um she's just an interesting character for me and it's like interesting that she like became so popular because she like I don't know, she was kind of bored. So she was made like in 1964 like kind of at the height of like the Cold War with like Russia. And so, like, she was first, like, this antagonist, this woman antagonist, like, a Russian spy, like, this femme, femme fatale. Um, 
and it's like kind of like the Americans kind of like turn her to put her on our side and it's kind of like this weird like uh, almost like this like well we can like turn this hot woman to be on our side we can like turn the Russian spy to be on the American side it's almost like it's this like war cry to like like uh, I don't know like this male war fantasy to like bring this like I know she's always been a very fascinating character to me. If you yeah, like to think bring, about her to bring the hot chick over. Yeah, but just like kind of like, you know, like yeah, like like putting the enemy in his place and like at that time like the gender roles like putting like a woman in her place, like bringing her over to like the victorious side and more. So like I feel like she's always been like an interesting uh, uh character uh and also they brought her over because she was in love with a man. She was in love exactly. with a guy. That was her first love interest. And that's the only reason she came to our side was because she was in love. It's Such like, an old trope like, for women. She got like dicked down <laughs> for like patriotism or something. At least she wasn't America. baking pies. That would have been even more problematic. Right. So like her whole, like I love Black Widow and like I, like I don't always see like all the marvel movies i'm gonna be honest like i i see like the standalones when it's like female characters like ones that look interesting for me so i saw like birds of prey i don't see all the big event movies like you can kick me off the podcast now i will see um, <laughs> i will see uh, black widow i saw like wonder woman um but she should she's interesting to me it's like interesting that she became like such a popular hero when she started off as like kind of like this enemy spy who is like kind of like had the humanity beaten out of her at a Russian camp and then like they're like a man brought her to America and was like here's love in, in like America <laughs> yeah, kind of look, like Black Widow's the American dream oh my gosh yeah she kind of is she's like the American <laughs> 60s like soldier dream it's yeah. very strange yeah. well, remember all the fashion stuff in the old like the 60s and 70s black widow like once they brought her over to america it was like all focused on her fashion half the time well yeah I it mean, was very very weird and she had black hair not that i don't like not that i don't like yeah she had black hair not that i don't like fashion but i remember like reading the episode where she finally gets her black bodysuit and it's like yeah. the 70s and she has like the gold belt with like like the circles like in the 70s yeah and, and she's you're like, like you oh man this- she's like person as a someone who like was trained as a killing machine for like an adversarial like government i don't know so it's just but like then you have a page about her talking about her fashion her new fashion outfit and is yeah. anyone gonna recognize her and it's like, funny it's oh. funny you bring up, it's funny you bring up the fashion stuff because like i don't know if you guys remember there was a panel when they had all of the avengers the actors and actresses talking and someone they were asking all the guys like actual action questions and they got to scarlet and they asked her a fashion question and she was like hold on why do all the boys get like normal yeah. questions? You're asking about what the what the hell I'm wearing, and the guys kind of like made fun of the guy. But it's a point. Scarlett has also kind of adopted that. Like you can't just talk to me. About, I'm a, I'm with the guys. Like I'm one of the original yeah. six. I'm with them. Treat me like a yeah. guy. I should be just on the same level as all the other dudes. Um, well, it's just just treat me like a hero. Right. It's not treat me like a guy. It's treat me like a hero. Sure, all the guys of the heroes have mostly been men but like she is one of the heroes and she came in before most of the heroes that are there correct so just treat her like she is a superhero not by her gender just don't define her by her gender define her by her badassery which she's super badass 
it's even funny too when you bring that up when you we, when we rewatched all the Marvel movies before Endgame and she shows up in Iron Man 2 and it is immediately just lingerie shots and things that I don't think Disney would really have Iron Man do now of just like I need one of those I want one and it's we're not saying her or this person he's he's referring yeah, to as an object in the most literal way yeah yeah, yeah. I think I, it's, uh, she has of bending over in pencil skirts during roof. Iron Man 2 which Disney made Iron Man 2 but yeah, it's, what it's, year did it, that come out? Like, I mean, I feel like it's uh, 2010, I think. It's yeah, like yeah. It's amazing that, like, I mean, you watch movies from like I've done a lot of watching like old movies that I used to like love, obviously during quarantine, oh, and they're I all them. problematic. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they said this? Like, they it's, like? It's it's weird. I've been doing an MCU rewatch with the wife now, and it wasn't until probably the opening sequence of well, the opening part of Avengers where I felt like that was actually who Black Widow should be, is when she's on the phone being interrogated. She's like, I got this guy right where I want him. And he's like, I, you don't have me anywhere. And then she beat the crap out of him. I was like, yeah. that's who Black Widow should be. Um, not yeah. eye candy that Tony was looking at. <laughs> it's so yeah. wild. Because you're like, oh, you would you would get like ripped. They would get ripped to shreds for it, as they should. But it's just like, I can't believe, like that's 10 years. It's just like, that just, I mean, it does show you like, the progress that the film industry has come and like there is still more to go but yeah oh yeah so then what is when the movie finally comes out which is now november 5th i think it has dr strange 2's date um oh the eternal has the eternals date right yes because everything just moved back one and eternals would have been next thank you terrence Mm -hmm. um what is it you guys are hoping to see in it? What's going to make this the movie that we're now waiting in like extra innings for? <laughs> the Red Room. I want to see the Red Room. It's like one of the things that's so great about her origin is the fact that she's not just like a cool badass woman, but she's a woman who went through serious trauma and has come out the other end stronger. Like those are some of the great, those are the great female characters I love to see because women really, we're so much stronger than we've been portrayed in movies and comics and film and everything. And getting to see the Red Room and I want them to like really show us what happens in the Red Room so that we see all the trauma and the serious brainwashing that happened to her and how she was able to come out of it and be a better person and become just this badass. Like I, well, I want, I want the red room, or I don't want the movie. Just I like wonder how much like anti-Russian propaganda. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, fine, but it's just like, how do you do that without? How do you do the red room without like? Without those, being super offensive. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, I guess. Like, uh, go off on Russia, I guess. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> They've been the bad guys plenty of times before in our films here in the That's States. So. And in life, it's fine. It's just fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Like, the Red Room, uh, just, like, and I, like, don't want to see, I don't want to see a fucking, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here. Sorry. Please do. Please okay. do. <laughs> I don't want to see I want to see like the emotion I want to see like the red room like how she like trained and like the kind of like emotional but I like don't I don't I don't remember if that but I don't want to see like any like rape trauma I think that's cheap like yeah I don't, I don't, I, I'm sick of like like female 
heroes who get tough having that in their origin story like I really hope that's not part of it even though she's like and it just like makes it like I think for a lot of women it's like I get it and like a lot of us have like a lot of us have been in like trauma like that but it's like I don't want to watch it again it feels like a cheap like thing to have her overcome like she can overcome other things that are traumatic yeah. Yeah. It's I, it's like saying that the only thing that's traumatic to women is like rape and sexual assault. As if like that's the like only, the only thing that's traumatic. Or it, the only thing that like motivates us to like be yeah. strong to become like, more badass. As if we could have no other type of trauma like a normal like any other normal like, human being. Like human beings have trauma of all kinds. Women or have trauma or it's, it's just like I just don't want to see it. I don't know. It's it yeah. sucks that canon for this world has her trauma, part of her trauma being that she can't bear children. Yeah. Because that's yeah. in a, in canon for Avengers too. So that sucks. Which, so I hope which I mean is, I hope if they if they bring that up, I hope they kind of just like that that's a part of it, but I don't want that to which, be her Yeah. Her, I don't want that to be, that was so weird to me too in Avengers two when that was like a weird focus for her. And I'm like, really? Because we've never talked about the red room yet. People don't know that when you are in the red room, one of the things they do is that they just slightly genetically alter them, which is why they stay younger for longer and more active for longer, but also that they basically like Tie their tubes. Yeah. So they can't get attached to anything else. Yes. That really yeah. reminds me of that scene in uh, Handmaid's Tale when, I don't know, she goes into the. Which is like, that's more interesting to me than just being like, oh, we raped. I don't know. Like, um, yeah. I think kind of an Age of Ultron gloss over it too. And she's just like, I'm also a monster like the Hulk is because of this yeah. thing. And, and I'm as, like, wait, as, that doesn't make you a, a monster. Woman, your value is dictated by if you can bear children, and if you can't bear children or don't want to, you're a monster. You're too. a monster. Like, like the whole like, has rage issues. He has rage issues. That's so like, different than being like, yeah. He murders people when things go when he gets crazy. He murders people. Yeah, you're not a monster because you can't. You have fertility bear issues. <laughs> issues make you a monster if you're a woman but if you're a guy with rage issues you know what you're a monster that we should all understand yeah because he's also yeah. like a literal monster so even comparing that is weird <laughs> it's strange like scene. i can't be pregnant and you become a literal hulk who destroys cities this is the same thing <laughs> that would be like if post 9-11 some guy was like well you know i don't make sperm anymore so i get it and you're like, no, you don't. I can't. Like, what in the world? I remember um, seeing that movie in theaters with, with Melinda, my friend Melinda sitting next to me. And when that scene happened, me and her both were, like, having the same reaction, but she was very audible. She was like, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I definitely just did the head <laughs> Did they just say that? I didn't even see that movie because I was like, right? it was too long. <laughs> don't, I can't you don't need to see it. I, um... <laughs> I want. I'm a huge. I need to. See, I'm sorry. I'm a huge so uh, Florence Pugh fan, so I'm all in I on Yelena. I love Yelena. Florence Pugh. I'm all in on Yelena for this. Uh, and like, the trailer showed this, the fight sequence that they had in their kitchen, and I want visceral hand-to-hand combat like that because that looked intense. And I was like, yeah. ooh, yes. If we're getting something like that, a different fighting style than the Marvel films, I'm all in. Um, Me too. Because I think some of the stuff's gotten too big, and it's. I want it to kind of scale back down. Just yeah. A yeah. Also, I want. A good villain and Taskmaster. That's what I'm like. Give us a great bad guy who's learned all of the Marvel characters and now <laughs> she has to fight everyone. It's gonna be great. 
and don't make it some twist where he's related to her or there's some unmasking and it's someone we know just an original villain let's start die (laughs) yes if he's another like tony stark industry pissed off employee (laughs) we don't have to do that anymore he can just just be a villain I was fine without Taskmaster ever making it to the big screen. Oh, I love oh, I love him as a villain. I do. He's just, Although, he's just so cheesy in the I, comics. I'm like, how are you going to put him in this universe and have us take him seriously? So, Harley, what I wanted, my big Taskmaster pitch was he should be the next Avengers villain. And it should be like Spider-Man Strange, all the new characters. And he'll have learned how to fight like all the original Avengers, and it will be this like he learns all the oh Cap, Iron Man, Hawkeye versus like Spidey and Strange. I feel like it only works too if he's also just like really sarcastic. Well, of course. Because like he just like in the comics he's just so Dry. cheesy yeah. that in like yeah it's either he's boring or he's cheesy like nothing I mean, else. So I'm like you guys really gotta write this right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I hate them, like, you gotta really update this character. If he's, like, really sarcastic, I'll be into it, probably. I'll be like, oh, cool. I dig this vibe. I, I also feel like, just from what they sing, I don't know, I don't get the feeling that Taskmaster is the main villain of this movie. I feel like he's the side, a, a, a villain to an actual main villain. Something just doesn't, it feels like they're hiding something that we can't quite well, see. that brings me to kind of my next question, Terrence. Uh, this is obviously, not obvious, well, it is obvious, but it's not our first. This is kind of a prequel to the MCU and where we are. So how do you guys think that by going backwards in the timeline, we'll push the MCU story forward? Are we going to push it ahead or are we just going to tell a little fun Black Widow story? Or is this going to set up things that we should know for another decade? I mean, they're idiots that they didn't start doing solo Black Widow movies a while ago, so we could have more than one. Just saying. They're dumb. <laughs> because that's yes. a lot of money and a lot of women. And also, the largest consumer is women. Women are the bigger consumers of basically almost everything. So that I was like, just a dumb move. I, like, secretly want it to be, like, Joaquin Phoenix the Joker. It's just, like, her going to therapy and, like... <laughs> Yeah, I would be all in on that. If we got this, like, super serious herd, like, in between Civil War and Infinity War dealing with, like, trauma and... Florence Pugh, she's, like, the May Queen. I don't know. She's burning people. I don't know. Uh, I'm, like, I don't know why I'm, like, I want this super grit, which I know it's not going to be that from, like, everything I heard, but I'm, like, why do I want that? (laughs) Because you sort of have the same thing I do. I want kind of a different tone because the Marvel movies have executed this formula so well for 10 years that every now and then I'm, like, let's get a little darker. Let's get a little weirder. Let's kind of go left of the curve, but but it's going to be fun and bright and happy. Well, right. yeah, like, I hope not too much because Black Widow is not a happy well, character. That's my fear. Is like I know. They, Marvel makes these four quadrant movies, which means something for everybody. But I feel like Black Widow was kind of in the vein of Punisher when you really break down where their their yeah. level should be. It's a lot darker than what a family should be seeing. So yeah, I don't know how you merge that to a film that's like, all right, everybody yeah, should. It's like a literal like killing machine. Right. From, like yeah. underground Russia. Like yeah. And she's been trained to be a killing machine basically her whole life. Like the girl needs so therapy. <laughs> yeah, I wanna. I'm like, I'm like, I wanna. I'm like, 
I'm 100% in on a David Harbour, Florence Pugh, and Scarlett Johansson therapy session. As yeah, Black I'm like, oh, I want to watch like this <laughs> uninterrupted, like an hour and a half therapy session. Please, face. yeah. <laughs> a marriage. Well, and I'm glad that we. Yeah, and I'm glad that we get to meet her like family. Like, I get, I'm, I like that part. I was like, oh, cool. We're introducing like basically what was her family because that's one thing is she always talks about basically how. Uh, Clint is her is her family like he's mm -hmm. her best friend in the MCU and it's her family so it's great to see that she has like other family and I'm hoping that because there's other family that maybe we'll get to see some of these characters in the other movies since we're introducing them late I'm interested too because like the trailers all show and he's a part of it that Thunder Thunderbolt Ross, Ross is a part of this so why is he there as post Civil War is it is the Sokovia Accord still? Yeah. Was the Sokovia Accord still in effect, and does it go across the country? Because like maybe they're trying to get those folks. Well, they're definitely still in effect. I think that's going to be a lot of what this is: is her kind of, and I don't think it'll pull exactly from it, but it'll be like a secret Avengers type situation where we have the like underground movement and what everyone's sort of doing then. It's a cool era of time to explore because when we got back to like cap and falcon and everybody in in endgame and infinity war my first kind of question was well what's everyone been doing for three years yeah i want to know what's been going on because we know they haven't just been like hanging out in hotels ordering jimmy johns like we yeah. are in our quarantine they're on the they're run <laughs> yeah, yeah no they're on the run because like i'm re-watching this now and i'm like oh black panther and spider-man take place directly after civil war but then Ant-Man is two years later, so there's a gap of time that we just don't have knowledge of. Which is which I think it'll be fun to start filling in those blanks. That was kind of another thing I wanted to ask. Of We're exploring this kind of cool period of time we've never seen in the MCU. We don't really know what this world looks like. Are there any other like things that we've glossed over in the timeline that you'd want to see? I know mine is more fallout from the Battle of New York. We get the one scene with Michael Keaton and Spider-Man Homecoming of how all of this looks and what Tony's doing in damage control. And I would love to see a, a cleanup movie, something like when they were doing the uh, one-off short films on the Blu-rays and you had the one of on the Avengers that had the two people finding the gun. That pick up the gun, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I want to see more of this time. We get really far ahead of it. Well, also, like, Pepper Potts in the last movie, like, had her, like, suit and everything, but we never saw her, like, I don't know, train for it or anything, or, like, do yeah, anything like with themselves, and she just is, like, there, and she's mastered it, which, I mean, I'm not saying she can't master that in, like, a week, but, like, that right, was like, a surprise, where it's, like, you're a nerd, so you're, like, yay, it's happening, but you're, like, wait, when did this actually happen, because no well, one's surprised that she's showing up in a suit. Right, like, when did she start putting the suit on and knowing what she's doing? Because last well, time I saw Iron Man That's 3. during the Rescue and War Machine Disney Plus series that'll be in the five years between uh, Endgame when they jump ahead. Yes. And I'm all for it. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, for me, my I want to see more of Agent Carter training people. Remember how she, oh, like, Carter. was supposed to have trained a bunch of people, even old? I'm like, we saw her die, but like, and we saw like, like the Agent Carter show for two seasons, but like, can we have her in a modern time, like yeah. training some of these people? That would be dope because she's super so smart. Going back through this, I'm going back and rewatching these in chronological order, and there's two things that pop up time wise that I would like to see. I would like to see original Ant Man and Wasp, like Hank and Janet, like some type of movie or series with them. Mike and, yes. 
And the other is Captain Marvel's off the board for a long period of time. So I would like to see what the hell she's up to in the, the, the interim, because I don't want them to pick up after whatever's happening in game. I need the stuff that's in between because she's got a long period of time where she's just not around. You want to yeah. see her get that haircut that Rocket talks I about? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cutting her hair? Who who does she trust? The strongest person in the universe to cut her hair. Because it's nobody on her. You want her back, always. Right? Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I don't, I don't care what anyone says. I've heard a lot of weirdly negative things about Brie Larson as that character. And I'm like, I think she's amazing. She's I think that's a lot of... Art. A lot of unfortunately sad straight white men that don't like Brie Larson. I don't get it though. I'm like. I don't either. Have they seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World? She's it's like, amazing. I watched it. Exactly. She's, she's one of those people. Whatever they're like, she's not that attractive. I'm like, then something is wrong with you. When she <laughs> says, "Hey, Peter Parker," and takes the gauntlet, I I always get a little uncomfortable. Her, hey, Peter Parker, I, is amazing. Gotta reason. catch my breath. She's one of the best <laughs> One of the things I've heard a few times from men, and it's funny because I'm like, well, how do you feel about Wonder Woman? They're like, oh, yeah, she's she's really cool. She's pretty badass. But with Captain Marvel, they're like, I don't know. She just, she just seems so, like, small and girly. Like, I'm not sure I believe she could fight like this. And I'm just there going, um, okay, A, have you read a Wonder Woman comic? Because let's be honest, I love Gal Gadot in that part, but she's a lot thinner than the way that she's drawn. She's drawn a lot more muscly than that. Yeah. But we're not attacking her. I mean, don't, because she's great in that part. But I'm like, okay. But then you get to Brie Larson, who you can't even tell because she's fully she's covered. Hers is like suit. fully also, covered. she has superpowers. Why is it that people think if you have superpowers, that means you have a specific amount of muscle or muscle tone or whatever? Like the only man who's ever been criticized as much as like those two women have been has been like Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I don't know why, but like, I like women get I criticized like so much, but then like Ben Affleck somehow got like really criticized. He got a lot. Batman. <laughs> he got a yeah. lot. It's okay. He has but like, he's I, feel, fine. I feel like he's he's gonna be fine. He has plenty of money. But Brie Larson, I just, one of the reasons I'm not I worried about her casting or Gal Gadot or Brie Larson. Oh no, like I just I love <laughs> I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel because I feel like I, I could be her friend. Does that make sense? Like, I feel yeah. like she's like more like me. We're like, I can't be Gal Gadot's friend. She's like this like stunningly dropped gorgeous Amazon. And Brie Larson is gorgeous, but she just is so accessible to me. Yeah. Where I feel like she's my she's my one really hot friend that I have. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, it's my hot friend who's also really cool and funny and smart. And like, she doesn't have a super deep like a deep sexy voice like all the other women in the superhero because like Starla Johansson has that deep sexy voice Gal Gadot has a deep sexy voice Brie Larson sounds like me she sounds like a normal woman woman and yeah. I love that I love that I feel like she makes me feel like if I had superpowers I could be her and that's just very accessible to me and it makes me feel as a woman that I can be more badass because Brie Larson is being a badass yeah yeah I mean there are women with deep voices who probably identify with Gal Gadot and uh, yeah, just not us. <laughs> just not us. We, we haven't had a female superhero who sounds like us yet until <laughs> Captain Marvel. Right. So then, um, kind of getting away from the movie itself, but kind of the more nuts and bolts of it. Now it's been pushed to the fall, when hopefully we'll be back in theaters, um, and everything's fine and safe. 
do we think that this push will positively affect the box office negatively or not at all? Um, a lot I of that comes not. down to how how yeah. soon we're into theaters. Like, if we're not in until November, I don't know how this affects us. So some people may not be comfortable going back yet. Like, if there has to be, like, a, a probably a good three-month window of theaters being active before this comes out for people to be like, all right, cool, now I will go back to the theaters. It's just, like, I feel like it just depends on this, on the virus, like, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, this is a movie to pull people in, but it, this now, the virus and life supersedes the, the branding of Marvel for this one. Yeah, it's certainly not to quote one of my friends who, as excited as he is for things like this and Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984, those are all going to be great movies. I don't know that I there I have COVID-19 great now. Like, <laughs> like, this, this isn't risk my life. You know, it, it's one of those weird things that, it's almost the inverse of when you hear about Rise of Skywalker coming out or Endgame coming out and we show a rough cut of it to somebody sick to help like them out. Really and I'm like, people. man, I always kind of be like, oh man, it would be so sad if, if I didn't get to see the end of one of these great franchises. And now I'm like, no, it wouldn't. If I could just stay inside and not see the end of one of my favorite movies, I would just stay inside. <laughs> I would be alive. We should let like, uh, Florida go out and see it first. Yeah, let's then... do test cities. Like, Florida, you got this. Go ahead. <laughs> Georgia. Did that's you guys so, hear the, the newest so news? That, um, so, like, you know how they kept telling us that, like, if you have had it once that, like, and you had the antibodies, it didn't matter, you could get it again? That's a lie. Yeah. And we have found out on a Lori Colbert show, that is a lie. Yeah, we found out that you if you have had it once, you're not going to get it again. And that's what's nice. getting that's like, I think that's yeah, why so it's like, good. going to extend a little bit yeah. longer. So I don't know, by the time that Black Panther comes out, I would like to think that we're all comfortable enough to be like, cool, let's go ahead and do this. But I think we're going to reassess this stuff once Star starts opening. And if anything flares back up, which they're expecting to in the fall, yeah, who the hell knows? Well, so then on fall we're also supposed to have because they have the vaccine now that has now worked on chimpanzees successfully um so now they're doing human testing officially and so if it goes through with humans we're gonna have it on the market and accessible by late august early september and then also you can get tested now and if you've already had it you have the antibodies and that means that you're fine and you're safe to go out and do stuff. Obviously still take precautions because don't right. be crazy, but like hopefully now they're starting to do free testing in, in California and LA County. Hopefully we'll all be able to get tested within the next few months so that we know what the next step is because it's hard to know till we all have had been tested to see if we've had it. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing though, like Blake is even if the theaters are open and people do feel comfortable, there could still be restrictions where they're only allowing 45, 50% of the audience yeah, right. to a theater. So right. box office is going to be affected. Yeah. You're going to have an asterisk next to every box office number for about a year. Right. Yeah. Like, well, they, the, they're doing it in restaurants too. Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants. Right. Like I was talking to like, um, I mean, for like production crews and stuff, they're talking about like, quarantine and they cast people quarantining them like for two weeks together before they start production on things like yeah. I'm like how are you even going to shoot like commercials that way it'll just be really interesting it's like there's no way to tell like how it would do in theaters or even they might change it again it might be like this is a Christmas movie release now 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I that kind of begs the next question that also, you know, the answer to this can be like, it doesn't matter. But I was thinking of WandaVision and how that's supposed to feed right into Doctor Strange 2. But now there's going to be about a year gap. It's between almost a two-year WandaVision. gap. Yeah. yeah. So do you think this is going to affect their like long-term MCU connecting plans or maybe even wean them off of this everything needs to be connected and lead in thing. Cause I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'll remember the very, very end of WandaVision before Dr. Strange two. I could watch it again, <laughs> but it's yeah. strange. Cause going back through this, like I rewatched a lot of these movies multiple times, but Stacy had not. And so she saw Endgame and was like, oh, I need to rewatch these. Cause some things just don't make sense to me or don't add up or I'm missing things. And I think that could happen with something like that. Uh, with At least with the WandaVision though, that's going to be accessible whenever you want to, like you can just cut on your Disney plus and kind of just pop that back on. Whereas a movie, you might either have had to buy it or find the location for it to, to listen, to watch it. But I think Marvel has always operated like this. Like they've separated their movies. And if you don't remember, you don't, but there's going to be enough in this that you don't need to necessarily have seen the last thing within the last hour or two. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I agree. I don't. I agree. I don't know well, anything more about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, guys, for the for the last like kind of eight or so minutes that we have here, I'm gonna kick it to Harley and Angela. You guys have a new podcast coming out, Fake Nerd it's Girls. Out. It is out. Yeah, it's out. It is out. I've been listening to it. I've it's you know it's hot and I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> Tell us about the show. What's it about for those who haven't listened yet, for those who are looking? Um, so Fake Nerd Girls is something that, when did we come with this idea? I think we were drinking wine when we were having Yeah, I think we were drinking wine, and we just, like, wanted a place where we could talk about, we mostly just uh, read and talk about books that are good, like, starting places for people or, like, indie books. We don't want anyone to feel excluded or feel like they've had to, like, read a whole bunch of backstory shit and like we want anyone who has like they have an interest in like nerddom geekdom to feel like included like it's kind of for a place like I know we've both been called like fake nerd girls like we both worked at comic book shops and been insulted by people who think that we don't read show um, me your nerd card yeah, yeah exactly like like you don't have to show your nerd card um yeah. and like we kind of talk about uh reading books like through the lens of like feminism and like I try you know, to look at the different intersections of things in the comic books. I mean, we drink, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think um, what Angela said obviously is all 100% correct. And, and to reiterate, we it's a place that we just want it to be a safe place for everybody to go because we know from working at comic book shops and being women and being accused of only being behind the counter for specific reasons. Um, that it can be also really an intimidating world to get into. And when we have things like the MCU, which there's these all these great movies that are popular and people are going to see them, but then they don't, they're afraid to go into comic shops or they go in and they get intimidated or they're intimidated even by the person on, unfortunately behind the counter on occasion because it's a hard world to enter and know where to start. It can be very overwhelming. Um, so we, we help you find a place to start and also if you've been reading a lot like we still recommend stuff that's like possibly still like you have read and we still like talk about through like a critical lens and yeah. like 
like we both love like spider-man blue but like i feel like we both like ripped that book to shreds even though we're, like, we did we are oh, both my favorite blake <laughs> just so died a little inside no, we, well, we, said, we said it's our favorite spider-man book but we're like at the end we're like we just ripped that to shreds but everyone go read this book like it's so yeah. good but from a, I mean, it's a very weird theme when you end and he's like, and I'll always love this one girl, but here's the other person yeah. who I'm married to who's hearing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, we critiqued it through a feminist perspective and like, yeah. when you do it that way, you're like, oh, oh. We but, like, oh. but like, I, it's a place, like when you guys are talking about all the events that happened in Marvel, it's like, for me, I don't like to like watch all those movies. They're long, they're busy for me. I know everyone loves them, but like, I, I feel like, people get overwhelmed and like we want to let people know like that's yeah. okay like what you like like we're gonna give you like like we just uh reviewed snot girl which is a really good book by brian Lee O'Malley, who did uh scott pilgrim which is like one of my there's just like a, so much out there that like you can start restart you can like yeah. what you like and that's okay you can still be in fandoms you can still be a reader like you can yeah, be part there is the no gatekeepers to nerddom there is there, no, there, there. I mean, there shouldn't be. Yeah, there correct. Is, there's people who try, but that there is correct. Be. And that's the thing is, is you shouldn't be a, like criticized for liking what you like or like, oh, oh, you like the Superman movies, but you've never read a Superman comic. Fake fan. That's right. not how that should be. Right. Like, you should be able to feel comfortable that if you want to read it, you can read it, and if not, if only you've read a few, okay. It's yeah. it's just about acceptance and, but and really, being able to love what you love. That's like our thesis statement, but really what we do is like read comics and then critique them from a feminist perspective. Yeah. And like, I love it. and they're like comic books that like you don't really need, like, a, you don't need like any backlog of knowledge to read. So even if there are comic books you've read before and you're like, you like, like Spider Man Blue, how you're like, oh, it's our, it was, it's our favorite too, but we were like, oh, this is kind of shitty. Like, doesn't yeah. really pass the Bechdel test. Like, no. but we're telling, we're telling all of our listeners, like, go read it. It's still like such a great story. <laughs> If you read it with these things in mind, it's like you think about it different. So. Yeah. Plus we have, and we have interviews too. Like we've only had one interview so far with Quentin Peoples, um, but we have like a bunch of interviews. Well, we had a bunch. We had a bunch lined up. <laughs> we had we had an interview scheduled with Cecil Castellucci, Jody Hauser, and Mark Wade all lined up, and then literally get those Zoom and Skypes in. Our first <laughs> oh, no. shelter in place day, our first day with shelter in place was our episode with Mark, and I get a text from Mark being like, "I'm assuming we're not doing this today," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, no. sorry." So we so we have guests on and stuff too, and also we're always open for suggestions. If people are like, "Well, I've never gotten into this character, I've or I've heard of this series," please let us know. We love we love feedback and and figuring and like, out what you guys like and and definitely and we're like we're interested in like um, reading books from like creator like women creators yeah. or like people who I like uh, non gender conforming or people who identify as women. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. There's a lot of great stuff on our list that uh, you guys get to hear about. So. Well, now is the time. Uh, I think it sounds awesome. I love the title uh, because it's <laughs> because it's an honest title and it, it's. I'm obviously like a, a straight white man, so I'm the villain. But. <laughs> oh, you're not. Get out. No, I know, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. But. <laughs> When I worked no, at GameStop, you're an ally. You're that's an ally. the word. 
But uh, when I worked at GameStop, we had a similar thing. One of my closest friends uh, there is a girl. Well, we're not there anymore, but when we were there and she is a girl, it would be that thing where people would come in and try to talk to me or one of the other people or hit on her or ask her out or just this this unrelenting onslaught of nonsense where oftentimes I would be like, no, talk to Stephanie because she actually knows more than I do about the Sonic Pokemon franchise. In my head, there are still only 150 Pokemon, but she knows about the other X number. But uh, what days show up? Is it every Monday, every Tuesday? So it's right now it's been every Friday, but we have to figure out how we're recording now in quarantine. So there'll be a pause. A little bit, but we have five episodes up um, that have all been released. So you can listen to on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen That's to podcasts. Yeah, it's all it's all up there. Um, and we have like our contact info. We have Instagram. Our Instagram is at fake nerd girls podcast. So you can find us there. You can ask us questions there. We post and we uh, we have started putting up content. It's been I'm not I feel like me and Angela both also have been like a little overwhelmed during quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> so we've been pretty consistent, but we're so. yeah, because she has that, and like I'm still working, and like and also listening has anxiety. Anxiety is a thing. Oh yeah, yeah a lot no, everything. Oh, I'm not gonna pretend I don't have right it. Now. So um, we talk so about. So we've had a little bit of a too. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, that's the thing is that I think one of the things that's great about me and Angela's podcast is that we're just open. We're just open about everything. So, um, so listen and then wait for content. Sorry, more is coming, and we'll be doing more stories and posts and stuff. Um, but yeah, quarantine has definitely just made things more difficult on a lot of levels. Of course. <laughs> Well, that is our show, guys. As always, leave us a friendly review on iTunes, and you can listen to us wherever podcasts are downloaded because they're not sold. Uh, so you can then follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Hollywood Already Did It. We're on Twitter at Hollywood ADI. We're on Instagram at Hollywood Already Did It. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Him and I do another show called One More Drink, which is about silly nonsense and first times of doing things. And I do another show called How Do You Figure about collecting action figures and toys. And uh, where can we find you guys at? So on Instagram, it's at Fake Nerd Girl Podcast. Um, we are not on Twitter. We have discussed that. Neither of us really like Twitter very much. Um, no. And then you also, we're on fa- Facebook, same thing, Fake Nerd Girls Podcast. Um, you can email us at fakenerdgirlspodcast at gmail.com. I am at Miss MS Harley R. Angela. I'm at Angela M. Henderson. Yeah, that's where we are. Come yep. find us. We're cool. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you next week. <clears throat> Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.